I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, it's Glenn James. This message is being played at the start of all podcasts that Simo Interactive produces. It has come to my attention that there was a licensing issue with the music that we were using for our shows. And until that issue is resolved, and it might take a couple of weeks because I'm overseas at the moment, I've just decided out of an abundance of caution, I would stop using any music until we've resolved the issue. So if you are new to the podcast, you probably won't notice anything different. If it's not your first time, this is why there is no music in the episodes at this time. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the episode. Copycat Investing. That's what we're going to talk about today. What does it mean to be a copycat investor? Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Once somebody has made an investment change, somebody being a prominent figure in the investing world, once they made a change, is it a good idea to follow them into it or have you missed the boat? There are websites that I've talked about here where you can go on and see different ways that members of Congress in the United States have done investing. You can see huge institutions. You can read a 13F filing, which will tell you which way hedge funds and major institutions are investing their money. Heck, you can look at Berkshire Hathaway and look to see where old Warren's up to. But is it a good idea? Well, that's for you to decide. Today, we are going to talk about one of the major players in the world of investing, a huge company, and they're just like us. Every once in a while, maybe month, two, three, four months, they'll open up the old investment portfolio They take a a peek inside to say, hey, how's everything going, investments? Are you doing all right? Do I need to make any changes? They identify where maybe things are over-allocated or under-allocated, and they go in and do a few tweaks. Well, today, on My Millennial Investor, we take a look under the hood of BlackRock Incorporated, what they're doing for their current investing changes for the fourth quarter of 2023, and should we follow suit? You are listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. So BlackRock. BlackRock Incorporated is one of the world's largest and prominent investment management companies. They were founded in 1988. The company is headquartered in New York City and has grown to be a global leader in asset management. They work with everybody. They work with institutions, they work with financial services, they've got diverse clients with individuals and governments. Let's just talk a little bit about who BlackRock is, and then we'll talk about what changes they're thinking about making, or have made probably, because as we're looking through information, they've already done these moves. And then we'll see if there's a way for us to mimic these moves, or should we just keep all of our money safe and smart in a three-fund portfolio or a basic passive index? Listen, if you're listening to the show, you know I get the itch. You know I've got to do a little investing. You know I like to learn about investing and then sometimes actually follow suit. And we'll figure out if that's today's move. But this is information for you to listen to, to be entertained by, and then make educational decisions on your own. So BlackRock, let's talk size and scope. BlackRock is known for its sheer size. They are a behemoth. 
BlackRock is a $8.5 trillion under management company. $8.5 trillion under management. That's a lot of money. As of my last update information, I've figured out that the assets under management is more than I have. <laughs> yes, I don't have $8.5 trillion under management. BlackRock is extensive in its reach. It has crazy global presence. People from all around the world are utilizing the sheer size of BlackRock. They've had some scrutiny. Actually, here stateside, they've been buying houses like your house, like my house. They're buying my neighbor's house. They are driving up housing prices all around America. And perhaps they're doing it down under as well. When you have so much money, when you try to make a purchase as large as BlackRock needs to make, it, you don't just go down to the local hardware store and buy some investments. Like You are constantly scoping the globe for different ways in which you can put your client's money to work for you. Unfortunately for me, that has been the housing market in the States, and it's driven the housing market up, and my tax bill has gone higher. Okay, enough complaining. Let's get back to BlackRock. So BlackRock has an investments services arm and offers a broad array of investment services, including mutual funds and ETFs. They have separately managed accounts. They have alternative investments. They have investment vehicles in which you can just blindly throw your money in and let them manage for you. The company is particularly well-known for its iShares brand. I own some iShares. The iShares is a complete and comprehensive lineup of ETFs, and they are generally low-cost. They cover passive index investing. This is not sponsored by BlackRock, but if you're interested, I've got a couple iShares myself. The diverse client base. BlackRock caters to people as poor as me, as well as individual institutions, as well as pension funds, endowments, sovereign wealth funds, government entities. If there is a structure of an individual or corporation that wants to have money managed, BlackRock will happily take your money, manage your money, and make money off of you. They're broadly known for their proprietary risk management called Aladdin. And Aladdin provides a suite of tools and analytics to help investors manage risk, optimize portfolios, and make informed investment decisions. People all around the world fear Aladdin for his magic carpet rides. So that is kind of the backdrop of who BlackRock is. Now, why are we talking about BlackRock today? Well, when a multi-international investment house with $8.5 trillion under management takes a look under the hood, they're seeing where they've done well, they've seen where they've had missed opportunities, maybe they're patting themselves on the back, maybe like myself, they're kicking themselves for opportunities that they've missed. They do all that, and then they make adjustments. And BlackRock recently just did their filing, and they have said where they're going, what they're going to do, and how they're investing their money now. Two primary things popped out in this report, and I think we're worth talking about. BlackRock has increased its allocation to AI stocks, where it sees multi-sector AI-centered investing as an opportunity. They've also looked at share buybacks. And then they're doing an overweighted position following the lead of Warren Buffett into Japan. Let's talk about BlackRock and AI. Three months ago, in its mini review, BlackRock was shining bright, they were pumped, they were mega-focused on structural themes that are likely to drive major shifts in profitability. To do so, they looked at macroeconomic backdrop, the whole picture 
thematic type investing. And the investing giant says in a quote, the five forces of the macroeconomic backdrop were AI revolution, low carbon emissions, a more fragmented world, an aging population, and the future of finance. All of these things are very much still in play today, three months later. Unsurprisingly, as the outlook for the mega force shouldn't change in the next three months either. AI is still going to be a big deal. There is still going to be a push for lower carbon emissions. The world doesn't seem any more connected today in November than it was what, in July. And guess what? We're all still getting older. It may not come as common sense because sometimes political parties or particular agendas talk about overpopulation and they talk about that being a problem. But when you look at how a world's economy, the GDP grows, and therefore the stock market hopefully follows suit and grows and your investments grow, is that you need people to continue to populate the earth to push towards resources. Why has China done so well in the last 20, 30 years? It's because they had a growing population, which led to a growing GDP. When you look at nations like Greece and like Italy and like Spain, they are on the decline. There's actually governments and regions within those areas that are paying people to move to those areas. Because as the aging population happens and there's no future source of GDP growth via younger people working and providing tax dollars, the GDP has shrunk in those countries. So these are the mega trends in which BlackRock is looking. AI, low carbon emissions, the world is becoming more fragmented, there's an aging population, and there's the future of finance to come. So when it comes to AI, BlackRock says that after just a few months, it has a reason to go even bigger into the trend. AI was a big trend on BlackRock's future themes coming into the year 2023, and it's still a big theme. Its latest research finds that the value of AI patents from public company has surged, which suggests they're submitting even higher quality patents than the ones previously put out. BlackRock sees multi-country and multi-sector AI-centered investing becoming a really big deal. They think it's going to rocket, and this is a quote, rocket sharply higher, according to the last earnings call. And that's why they are adopting an overweight position in AI mega themes. So not just specific teeny little companies, but large themes in general. So asset managers within BlackRock you don't get really bigger than BlackRock. So when they're making moves and they're watching the market closely and they're making these decisions, it's wise for us to take a thought as well. So if you think that AI makes sense, or I think AI makes sense, we could do a few things. You can look at a little bit of a pullback recently in a stock like NVIDIA. NVIDIA, again, I think is still, I mean, it's hard for me to say, like to think about NVIDIA as an investment because the PE ratio is so crazy, but they have had a, Pullback recently here in October, September, October. So NVIDIA might be an opportunity. This could be the last jump on ship opportunity before it just continues to skyrocket to the moon. Who knows? Make your own decisions. But NVIDIA is an option. Advanced micro decisions, ticker symbol ADM. Or take the safer bet and invest in a broad-based index that is focused on technology like the Invesco QQQ. That's buying the NASDAQ 100. That will give you a more broad-based AI tech exposure if you think that BlackRock knows what they're doing with their $8.5 trillion under management. After the break, we're going to talk about 
what it's like to look into the wild world of investing in Japan. Why is Warren Buffett, why recently is BlackRock, why are they making these changes and they're focused more towards Japan? And is there something for our portfolio as well? We will be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome. Still talking BlackRock, we have hit on AI. Let's focus in on Japan. Because earlier in this year, Warren Buffett made a big splash. Berkshire Hathaway tycoon from Omaha, the Oracle of Omaha. Known for his wildly oversized portion of Apple in his portfolio. Known for boring things like Coca-Cola and ExxonMobil. Known for making a good decision recently in Oxy Petroleum. And then earlier this year, he said he was making bigger investments in Japan. Japan, if you don't know, has been stuck basically flatlined what seems to be forever. When I was growing up in Alaska, Japan had just started their big hyperinflation phase. We're talking mid to late 80s. And Japan really hasn't done much since. They've just basically flatlined across the board. And it's as much as a beautiful country it is, as much as the technology seemed to always be ahead of America's, as much as like the cities were wonderful and organized, the Nikkei index was like a bad place to be for decades. So when somebody like Warren Buffett says, hey, I'm looking at Japan, and then we get this report from BlackRock, that BlackRock says, now I'm investing in Japan, it's time to take a look. So BlackRock is another big change they're looking at is the geographical change. It's shifting its developed market stock allocation to adopt an overweight position in Japanese shares. It has a few key reasons for what they're saying. They say that there's been an accelerated stock buyback in Japan. I think I talked about this in a few episodes ago, where Japan is allowing banks and a few other corporate reforms to see more buybacks. And when a company buys back its stock, there's less stock out there. Therefore, the demand for the stock goes up. And seemingly, that should drive the price of the stock up. The Bank of Japan is still carrying on with accommodative monetary policy, a.k.a. negative interest rates. When you have low interest rates in the United States from 2020 and 2021, and then you know sometime in 2022 before we started hiking rates, it was that low interest rate that makes it easy for companies to focus on growth and to invest in the future. And as you invest in the future and you focus on growth, your stock price goes up. So with the Bank of Japan carrying on a negative interest rate environment, that is going to help spur growth in their companies. So when you look at negative interest rate growth, when you look at big money purchases, when you look at stock buybacks becoming an option, there is 
potential headwinds for the Japanese Nikkei index to continue to see a fruitful future. Mind you, there is one big issue with investing in Japan, specifically this year, and that's the yen. The yen is their you know, dollar, their currency, and it's fallen sharply against major developed currencies this year, sliding 13% against the US dollar and falling 11% against the euro. So if you like the stock market outlook, but you worry the yen could weaken and continue to weaken, you might want to consider buying a hedged ETF. I know I don't love managed ETFs, but this is very specific. So looking at a hedged ETF like Wisdom Tree, Japan Hedged Equity Fund, ticker symbol DXJ, has a 0.48% expense. The fund removes the risk of currency for the U.S. dollar-based investors like myself, and it is up 36% this year. It focuses on paying dividend-like companies. On the other hand, if you expect the yen to find some footing, to hit the base, to bottom out, and finally begin to rally, well, you could just buy, you could just do some Forex trading, but I'm assuming you don't want to get into Forex. It's a complicated world. You could lean into the iShares, again, BlackRock product, iShares MSCI Japan ETF, which gives you a total market look for Japan, ticker symbol EWJ, and it would give you a boost if the yen gains as well. BlackRock, BlackRock, you have trillions of dollars under management, but you're just like us. You make looks under the hood, you make changes, you make decisions based on, hopefully not emotion, but good financial sound advice. What else are they doing? Finally, as we come to an end today, it's moved an underweight position in United States stocks, mostly because of concerns about growth. BlackRock still has its largest position in U.S. allocation, but it has slowed that allocation down, excluding the new AI investments they've made. A lot of the firm's focus right now is bonds, the B word. Because of persistent inflationary pressures and supply constraints, it has pushed bond yields to surge to 16-year highs, and BlackRock sees central banks keeping monetary policy tight and therefore keeping interest rates high. So they're swooping in as the interest rate for the 10-year note is high. They're going to lock in that rate and ride it into the future. I don't particularly love bonds, but if you're looking for a quote-unquote safe cash flow, if you think that inflation is going to peak and drop below 5%, the 10-year U.S. Treasury might make sense, or the LuxCorp UK government bond, or the iShares government bond. All of them give you some bond-related connection. You would have some movement into the bond sector. You would lock in some good rates and hope that they stay high. But to each their own, make wise decisions, do lots of research, don't follow blindly into it. But I do think it's interesting when a company with so many trillions of dollars under management makes some moves, they are putting their money where their mouth is. It's worth taking a look. So if you're interested in AI, in Japanese investments, or treasury bills, do some research, take a look, and let us know if you make a buying decision. You've been listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We'll see you next week. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 